Today's episode is brought to you by After Party, our monthly bonus episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. To gain access to this show, visit patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ and become a patron of the show. Also, happy birthday, Tony! And welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I am your host, David Michael. Folks, it's been a rough week here in the Midwest, here in Ohio, in the United States. We've been getting um, a significant amount of rain, and this rain has been pounding right down on my property and saturating the land around my house and eventually has begun soaking through the walls of my basement and started to puddle and then it started to form streams and before I knew it I had several areas in my basement which were a few inches deep in water. Now you guys have possibly heard me talk about flooding issues before. This one was a little bit different. This one uh, basically, we've had problems with, let's say, damp basement or slight puddling before. This time, it actually affected the finished part of my basement. That is my personal home studio where I work on music production and things like that. Basically, what ended up happening was, you know, we ended up with all kinds of terrible weather. We had tornado watches. You know, I had to take shelter a couple of times. Uh, This is not terribly unusual here in Ohio. You know, we get quite a few tornadoes. We're pretty close to Xenia, Ohio, which is somewhat famous for nasty tornado weather. But the problem ended up being flooding here. And so... What ended up happening is it got into that finished part of the basement, actually got up under my flooring. I had uh, installed, if you're familiar with Pergo, it's that same kind of like floating uh, wooden plank type flooring, engineered wood flooring. Kind of clicks together when you put it on, and it sits on top of uh, soft underlayment and all that kind of stuff. Well, all this water kind of puddled and pooled and ran up under that flooring and ruined all of it. So I'm kind of in a situation now where I obviously have a a problem here uh, where I'm going to have to fix that water issue because even though it took a hell of a lot of rain to cause that problem, I can't really justify continuing to work on that room and in that room and keeping my studio gear in that room and my desktop PC in that room that I built for studio purposes you know I can't just justify keeping that stuff in there and so you know the reason I'm bringing all this up is because it just uh, I don't know you guys are my therapist right now I hope that's okay because it really um, 
I had a struggle with this. Um, this room, I I built it myself, and I am not uh, particularly gifted in that area. You know, this was a room that I learned on. Um, I don't, you know, go do drywall and framing out rooms and install flooring and all that kind of stuff all the time in my spare time. So it's one of those rooms that I've just, when I'm ready to tackle the next project, okay, I'm going to do flooring this time. So I'm going to do all the research. I'm going to watch the YouTube videos. I'm going to buy the tools that I need, all that kind of stuff. Same thing with the drywall, same thing with framing out the room, same thing with installing the drop ceiling. So over time, I've just had all these little bits of research and everything that I've done built this room with my bare hands the work was maybe somewhat shoddy in places but it was my room I put my blood sweat and tears into it and I got it done and I got it looking pretty damn good for an amateur and taking that first crowbar pry to those wooden planks of that room knowing that I was just destroying them and that this room would never be the same it stung quite a bit I made a couple of social media posts about this, and a few people chimed in and sent some words of encouragement and offered to help, and it really, really helped lift my spirits. And so for those of you who said something about that and sent words of encouragement, I really do appreciate it. Now, I don't want this to be a whole big, sad, sob story because, you know, I'm kind of over it now. Uh, It sucks, but... Realistically, the only loss, the only real loss was the flooring. You know, when I installed the or when I installed all the drywall, I did at least have the foresight to not install it all the way to the floor. You know, I cut it about an inch off of the floor in case something like this ever happened, and that really did end up saving the whole room. Uh, the trim was fine. Almost all the drywall was fine. Uh, the only thing that really got damaged was that flooring. But I have this water issue now, so I think what I'm going to be doing is pulling all my studio gear out of there and putting it in to the uh, sort of passionate DJ studio, the YouTube studio that I'm building out, and I'm just going to make like a one-stop shop. I'm just going to make a whole big, uh, I don't know, like a a command center for all things that I do music-related and content creation-related, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Um, having all my stuff in one place because right now I had my production stuff in one room and then all my DJ stuff in like another building and it's it's hard to kind of combine those two worlds so anyhow that's what I've been up to hope you guys have had a little bit better week than I have (laughs) but I'm feeling pretty good today I'm feeling encouraged and uh, in a much happier note yesterday was Tony DeSero's birthday And so if you would like to wish him a happy belated birthday, a really easy way that you could do that would be to go to our Passionate DJ community group on Facebook and find the post that I'm going to make here as soon as I'm done recording this little intro, wishing him a happy birthday, and uh, you can do the same. Speaking of Tony, he is my co-host today as we talk about networking and interacting with other people in the scene, other people... Uh, who work on shows, other DJs, fans, and that sort of thing. You know, Tony is not only a great DJ, but he works a lot in the industry as a event promoter, stage manager, backline tech. He's he's worked he's worn a lot of hats. Uh, we actually got together, Tony and I, 
we sat in his living room and had the conversation that I'm about to play for you guys. And it was kind of fun. It was kind of like some of the old days. You know, there was a period of time, maybe a year, year and a half ago, where Tony and I did each show for like 10 episodes straight, just him and I. So it kind of felt a little bit uh, like a throwback. It was fun. I just brought my mics over. We sat in his living room and we intended to record a little bit of bonus content. And uh, what we actually ended up doing was recording for almost an hour. And so, you know, it was one of those things that the conversation just kept happening. So we kept on recording it and we decided to turn it into this episode for you guys. You know, he started out the, the conversation when we got together to record. By the way, when I say we got together to record the bonus episode, we have a monthly bonus show called After Party. And that show is uh, meant entirely for our Patreon subscribers. So if you are interested in getting access to our monthly bonus show called After Party, you can go to patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. And for less than the price of a three-track EP on Beatport, you can get access to exclusive bonus content every month from Passionate DJ, and uh, really helps to support us. Uh, you can pledge any amount that you want to support us monthly, and anything that you can donate would be greatly appreciated. Even if it's only a dollar, it really makes a difference. But as we were sitting there getting ready to record this content, Tony was interacting with Sasha's tour manager, and it kind of got us joking around a little bit and talking and you know, Tony, as uh, part of Three Dimensional Entertainment, which is a local promotional outfit here in Dayton, Ohio, who brings a lot of big names into town. They brought Sasha in uh, a year ago. You know, he's had a chance to interact with a lot of names of that level, and not all of us get to do that. And so every now and then I like to check in with Tony and see if we can glean some insight from him. So we talk about you know, all kinds of stuff. We talked about Disco Donnie, which uh, I'll leave a link in the show notes to our interview with Disco Donnie. He was a big-time rave. He still is a big-time rave and event and festival promoter. And we talk about the origin stories there and how he ended up working with them sort of uh, at the end of the uh, golden age of the rave. We talk about interacting with followers and fans and local people in the scene. We talk about uh, interacting with big names as that manager or promoter and kind of what's an appropriate level of interaction, uh, trying to be respectful of that person's time, and uh, so on. We talk about when it's appropriate to make an ask from someone in your network. Uh, We talk a little bit about the group Crystal Grid, who we've brought up a few times here on the show. This is a really cool electronic band that Tony is now managing. They are getting ready to play a festival in Athens, Ohio here in a week or two, uh, which is pretty exciting. This is a, a, a big deal gig. They're going to be playing for a couple, uh, several thousand people, and then when they're done playing that gig, they're going to come back here to the studio and talk with us about their experience. So we're looking really, really looking forward to that. Uh, we talk about breaking into other markets using your network. You know, maybe networks that, or maybe markets that we don't have a foothold in already. Maybe a different style of music or something like that. Um, we talk about fair weather fans and how to build trust with other people and uh, network in a way that is appropriate. All in all, I think it was a great conversation. I really hope you guys will check it out. Uh, if you want to become a supporter, once again, patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. And if you would like to just uh, chat with us, say thank you, uh, say happy birthday to our buddy Tony here, 
hit up that Facebook community at passionatedj.com forward slash community. We would love to see you in there. It's growing fast. Uh, We have a lot of fun in there chatting, asking questions, and sharing different things about the DJ scene. So without any further ado, here is a conversation between myself and Tony DeSero about networking. So what were you doing texting Sasha's agent? I was looking, I was uh, peeking at his Instagram story because uh, he always puts stories up when he's on tour with Sasha and uh, it's like, it's from the booth and pretty uh, pretty cool views, that's for sure. And Sasha's... You could have been texting him though. Yeah, yeah. I try and leave <laughs> sometimes that. You're, sometimes you're actually texting them when I ask that question. <laughs> yeah, I, I try and leave that to a minimum because I don't, just don't want to be like... A promoter that's right. bugging them because they're Sasha's tour manager or just anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they came in town. We vibed out. We got along really well. We established somewhat of a relationship, but we're not buds. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I mean? right. So I'm not going to text him like he's my bud. Yeah. But I do message him from time to time and tell him that I'd, I'm pissed off and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be at some of those warehouse shows yeah. and shit that he's doing with Sasha and Digweed and... Is there some strategic element to that where you try to kind of stay in touch with some of these people, especially the ones that you kind of want to, that you've built a, a little friendship or, or something or mm-hmm. a good relationship with? Is there some, some strategy to that to like wanting to stay top of mind a little bit, but not wanting to annoy them? You're um, like, hey, don't, you don't want to be forgotten, but you don't want to it's, it's, be that annoying, nagging promoter guy. No, yeah exactly i it's um it's all about timing you know it's some of the tour managers and stuff and some of the people that come in town it's it's you know it's it's a brief hey let's get my dude stuff set up i'm going back to the hotel and sleep and i'll see you in a few hours before showtime and it's i guess we should have silenced our phones <laughs> oh yeah my fault well, now they know this interview is not scripted, That's so right. we're all good, right? <laughs> it's cool. Um, like usual. Yeah, it's just a it's just a talk. Um, so when some of the tour managers come in town and stuff, it's 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 very brief um, because they don't have much time. Um, obviously, this is their first time working with us, and they wanted to come in at a at an earlier time to make sure everything was good. You know, Sasha, they have. Uh, um, what are they? The um, the effects units, the Pioneer effects units. The uh, yeah, um, I know the one. I'm brain farting. Is it on the it right PLX? Now. It's or, uh, the, no, so the you RMX just, 1000. That's what it is. Oh, the RMX. The RMX. So that's the, so the the DDJ 1000 is the the pads. Yes. That works with Recordbox DJ and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so okay. you're talking about the standalone effects unit that goes into like a send return. Send like return. That thing. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, he had more stuff to set up. So I got to spend more time with him, you know, and actually when he got in the car, um, from the airport, um, him and Sasha got in the car, my driver, which was Ryan Ramsey. Um, I had put his number on the, um, on the advance sheet, you know, so when the advance sheet, when I send back to the agent, all the information, like pickup time, pickup location, hotel address, all the, you know, all the things that they need to know. Um, one of, one of the, uh, one of the titles was the driver's phone number. So when the tour manager called Ryan's phone for the pickup, 
it showed up as somebody else's tour manager that he worked with before. Like it was, uh, man, not excision, but it was downlink or it was somebody, some, a, a big dubstep artist mm-hmm. that Ryan has driven for before. So, um, when he got in the car and I, I asked him that question, I'm like, yeah, you and Ryan had worked before. So he kind of automatically felt somewhat comfortable, you know, which was cool. And, uh, Again, we we got to spend a, a lot of time. We dropped Sasha off at the at the hotel. We went to the club. Um, the CDJs were already set up, but he had to set up the RMX 1000s and um, make sure everything was good for sound check. And we all, you know, you went with us. We all had dinner and stuff, you yeah. know. So we got to have a little bit of time av- uh, actually establishing somewhat of a rapport with him. Right. So in that aspect, you know, yeah, I think it's it's all right that I I message him every now and then, you know, but it's not messaging messaging him on hey, get me free tickets right. or hey, do this for me or hey, can you do that and, for and me? And it's also different if the other person like messages you with a similar uh at a similar rate you know what i mean right like if they're doing it to you you kind of know that it's okay if mm-hmm. you're the only one initiating every conversation uh, mm-hmm. maybe you should take a hint you know what right. i mean <laughs> right yeah yeah i mean small things like that even um you know i worked with um in 2012 when psg started the electro beach in um port of Vallarta, mexico mm-hmm. and i worked with um Avicii down there twice he came two different weeks and I'd worked with him I, I had opened up for him a few times well, like three times prior to that twice in Columbus once in Cincinnati and he's always had the same tour manager um you know I never obtained his number but him and I are friends on social media and you know we'll wish each other happy birthday or like each other's pictures or something like that but that's the extent of it so there's a, a- an interesting balance to be found there sometimes because like I know like I guess Disco Donnie would be a good example of somebody in your network who you reached out to you know for example to to do the interview on this show Mm -hmm. and he was happy to do it you know and he was great to talk to he was a lot of fun he was very friendly the whole time you know friendly outside of the interview too you know he was just very he was like exactly what you heard on the show is how he is you know that's not somebody who is just going to go and do that anywhere. No, you know what uh-uh. I mean? Like he's, he's careful about putting his name on stuff, just like you're careful about putting your name on things. And just like I'm careful about what the Passionate DJ lo- uh, logo gets put on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's just a certain like protective thing that we have about that, you know? Right. And it was cool to see that like you know you guys had a history of working together and so there was a trust relationship there mm-hmm. and so it's like oh yeah if you're putting your name on this uh, absolutely i'll, I'll be was, on there and it was so random how um how donnie and i even came about yeah um, have we actually told that story on air before i'm not sure if we have i don't think we have no i don't think i've ever really not fully anyway no um for the people that don't know who disco donnie is he's he's a legendary he's a, he's a rave promoter um, that was throwing massive parties in New Orleans back in the early 90s. Um, there's a huge documentary on him called Rise. It tells a lot about, you know, where he came from and, and a little bit of his story. But then uh, when the DEA came out with a crack house law, he was being federally charged for that, which in a long story short, um, they just came up with this law that stated, you know, if 
your parties played a specific type of music, had glow sticks, had this, that, and the other, they consider that you're giving a kid safe haven to go do drugs, a crack house law, yeah. right? It's in a roundabout way. That's what it narrows down to. At, at some point, and, and I don't want to misrepresent him because I don't know if he presents himself this way, but um, at some point he, there was a nickname assigned to him, uh, Rave Outlaw. Yeah, the Rave Outlaw. And he had... Uh, you know, he's a professional promoter with a company and I don't, you know, I'm, I don't mean anything by that. That was just a nickname that was, I think it was on the documentary. It was where right. that was. And, uh, I mean, the reason doing... for that was because he kind of was the, the, he was pegged as being the bad guy mm-hmm. on this whole rave thing. He was the guy responsible for your kids driving three States away to quote unquote, do a bunch of drugs Right. when it was just a bunch of people who didn't understand, understand what the, the scene culture. was and what mm-hmm. the rave culture was. Right. I mean, this guy was throwing parties with, like, I mean, he had stilt walkers. I mean, it was like you were walking into a circus, but all these massive DJs and, and just kids coming from everywhere to these parties. They were they were legendary parties, you know? Um, and, you know, the federal government, and the, they couldn't understand why these kids were traveling this far and thought that they were traveling just a place to go do drugs, you know? Yeah. Um, and he but, was cleared of, of, oh, those, yeah, he was cleared of all charges. those charges. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but he was going through all that, and um, he was actually, when all that was taking place, he was living in Columbus. He had moved to Columbus, relocated to Columbus, and um, um, he was throwing shows. Well, he wasn't throwing shows. Uh, Methodic Productions was throwing shows. And um, um, Donnie just happened to be in that city. And, well, when, when all of that stuff got cleared, Donnie started... Um, he became like the main talent buyer for electronic music in the states pretty much like Oakenfold would come to the North America and want to do a tour Donnie would buy like 10 or 15 of those dates and say you know obviously have to approve it all and the offers all through management but you know hey this is going to Ohio we're going to do Cleveland Columbus and all the markets that he was in that routed perfectly I had booked a couple shows with uh, Efren Ramirez, which is uh, mm. Pedro, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> he built her a cake or something. Huh? <laughs> built her a cake or something. <laughs> oh, did Sorry. you see too that they're actually coming out with um, another freaking or not another? It's called a freaking sequel. Are they really? Yes, I just saw it posted <laughs> yesterday. I'm stoked for it. Wow. Yeah, and he's actually same even, same cast and yep, everything. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway. Um. I, you know, when I came back into Dayton to, to throw shows, cause I was throwing some shows in Columbus, mm-hmm. uh, some in Cincinnati. I did, um, Kimball Collins, DJ rap, Steve Porter, you know, just a few of like the mid tier names, um, because they were in the market, they were doing the Oakenfolds, they were doing Carl Cox, ATB, like every week it was somebody else mm-hmm. like on a massive scale. And, um, so I ended up going to Cincinnati. I threw a couple of shows in Cincinnati with uh, Icy, Baby Ann, a few mm. of those names. And some break stuff. Yeah, some breaks. And then uh, came back to Dayton, and the first show, first couple of things that I did was Evan Ramirez. Well, then Hammerjacks called me up, and uh, a buddy of mine threw my name to the manager because they were opening the third floor, 
And they said, you know, hey, we heard you're the guy that throws the parties. Would you like to blah, 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 be in charge of our third floor? And I went and looked at it and was like. <laughs> that is your identity, isn't it? You're the guy that throws the parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I uh, I went down there, looked at the club, was like, yeah, let's do a VIP type thing, you know. And we created the third floor. And Disco Donnie emails me. And, man, it was probably like November, December 2005. And he said, hey, um, you know, I've done Oakenfold a bunch of times in Columbus. Um, I'd like to maybe get him in Dayton because he had saw he had seen that I was doing some shows in Dayton and there was a market for it, you know. Um, didn't even realize Dayton was a sit had a city <laughs> when he came into the city he said man i didn't even realize you guys had a downtown i just thought it was like a <laughs> like a suburb of a columbus suburb of, or yeah you know and i was like no we, we have a city bud you know anyway um he came in he looked at the club and well he sent me the email let me rewind he sent me the email and he said hey uh would you like to do a date uh team up with me and do a date with oakenfold in dayton um and I asked him what the date was, and he came back with April 8th, which is my birthday. Your birthday. Like, absolutely. I'd love to. Let me, you know, let me talk to the club, because at this time, I hadn't done any type of show at that club other than just run their third floor, you know what I mean, as, as their VIP host and their, their manager upstairs. Well, um, I went to the manager, and I said, hey, um, you know, Disco Donnie hit me up, and they have no idea who Disco Donnie is. Mm. Just, you know, they had no idea. Um kind of explained who he was and said um that he wants to do Paul Oakenfold and this would be a perfect place and, and you should like, do this <laughs> yeah and they were all about it they yeah like, absolutely you know whatever so Donnie came into town and um yeah we it was it was him and Aaron Austin mm -hmm. they came in they looked at the club Donnie loved it and um I was at that show I didn't really know you then but uh, okay nice I was there that's cool man yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty I, we, cool. We had we, probably met, but I we weren't pals yeah. or anything, or even really connected. You right, know? I man, back then, I was dealing with so many people on so many different levels. If I didn't hang out with you on, you know, and it's no offense, but if I didn't hang out with you on a on a like a, a day to day basis, you know, or even a little less, it's yeah. I wouldn't so remember it's, you. It's a fog, yeah. You know, <laughs> trust I me, I, t I totally get I it. I hate that. I'm man, the same sometimes. way. It makes me feel really bad that somebody comes up to me in a club, like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, and I I look at them and I smile, but they can see the look in my eyes, like, "Yeah, yeah he doesn't know who I am." <laughs> yeah, I've I've started preparing these little like responses to that to yeah. try to to blow past it so that I never show my hand on that yeah. you know what I mean so that right. I'm always like hey how are you doing yeah always you know, have your I'd, friend with you so your friend's like hey you know introduce yeah. your friend to him and then hopefully that that happens more now because mm -hmm. of of the show mm -hmm. because I, I was just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day um if other people who have their own shows their own podcasts and stuff they they or they're like youtubers they probably get this we're like when you listen to somebody every day or every week for for an hour plus inside your head you f you get this feeling that you know them you know what i mean you you kind of know their personality you know how they speak you kind of can predict their responses to things just like you would a friend and and like so sometimes you'll meet people who know you a little better than you know them mm -hmm. 
because they listen to you all the time. Right. And, and you, so it's like you have to maintain this perspective of, you know, and, I, and I'm sure like, and I'm just saying that as somebody who has a little piddly little podcast, you know, and I imagine scaling that to like Tiesto or like you know, somebody right. who's like people obsess over mm-hmm. and how much they know, like how much they make and how much they, how many times they've, you know, played at a certain place and where they grew up and mm-hmm. who they've married and who they've divorced. And, you know, they just know all these things <laughs> about them. Right. You know, that's got to be like, take some getting used to. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I couldn't imagine on that level, you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just a guy from Dayton, Ohio. Right. You know, and, but I'm sure that you've experienced this too, because I've, I, I've been on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, before you and I were friends, I knew you as, that guy that throws parties, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like you were a big deal. Like you were kind of, to me, you were unapproachable. You, you know, know I, I, I get that a lot. I didn't and know you and I, and you're kind of quiet and, and you're I'm, not I'm standoffish, reserved. but you're reserved. I'm very a reserved. Good I'm very like, I'm very quiet. Um, I'm kind of shy. Um, and, and I get that a lot that I'm unapproachable. Shannon Grass calls me. <laughs> I love this nickname. It's so cool. She calls me unfuckwithable. <laughs> uh, and, and she said that to me and I'm like, that's not true, but I can see how people can perceive that. Yeah. You know, and I wish people would approach me and talk to me because it's so hard for me to do that. But other people don't realize that, that, that that's an introvert thing. Mm-hmm. I, I know that because I know you. Right. But uh, to other people, you know, it comes just off as like, standoffish. It, it could, or mm-hmm. just, um, you know, you just don't want to be bothered or you right. don't have the time or, you know what I mean? Or you're busy or you're, right. it's a professional air. It's not necessarily bad, mm-hmm. you know, and you've always been very professional. And right. so if you're professional and you're at least, I, I particularly worry about these things anyway. So maybe I'm just projecting, but like when I was first getting interested in doing DJ things and I lived in the Dayton area, you were somebody I needed to figure out how to talk to. I felt, you know what I mean? Like you're, and so I, I kind of, over time, I just like slowly like, Hey man, like, what do you think about this? Will you play this show for me? Will you come play this house party, you know, and try to get a feel for like what's going on. And I, you know, I got to know you. I'm like, oh, this this dude's just super chill. You know what I mean? And but I've felt that same anxiety of like not wanting to overdo it. Like I don't want to text this person too much, or I don't want to ask to borrow something too much, or like ask them to play shows for too little money, or you right. know what I mean? Like there's this you're like, worried of insulting them. No, I, them, I, I get you know it. What I mean? Like. I'm not going to move into a house and go ask my next door neighbor the day after I move in for some milk and eggs. Right. You know what I'm saying? I get that. You build that relationship. Right. Over time. I, I, I get it. Completely. And you don't want to come across as phony just because you're trying to build out your network and you want to like kind of establish a, something of a professional relationship with them. Right. That could very easily come off as, as fake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to get something out of you. Right. You know, and, and I'm sure that people who deal with this at scale, you know, with mm-hmm. people like Sasha or people like whoever, Justin Bieber or whatever, right. like they must get that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be tough to deal with it. You know, it's, you, you've got to grow a tough skin to that stuff, I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, I have a I have a pretty big wall built 
That's for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a downfall because it's, I mean, I'm in protective mode all the time. Yeah. Um, which is a good and a bad thing. That's just part of how your personality is. That's how my personality is, but it's also like when people hit me up that I don't hear from all the time, you know, it's sometimes I'll have that question in the back of my head. What do they want? It's always suspicious timing. Yeah, you know, and it's... it's um, Day of big show. Uh, that, but sometimes I don't even... I won't have a show for a while, but I'll have something announced. But I feel like they're eventually going to, you know... But um, that's really not the case. But I have a wall built up because it's happened so many times that... You know, I can't yeah. help to think that. And it's a bad thing sometimes, but whatever. Um, Can I ask you a kind of a personal question that you might want me to edit out of this episode? Sure. <laughs> have you ever, that you can recall, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you've been worried that you stepped over the line in that way when dealing with a big artist or a, a big artist manager where you're like, Oh, I shouldn't, I, I asked too much or I annoyed this person or um, ever felt like you rubbed someone the wrong way and it was your, your fault. No, I know. Yeah. I know you're very careful about that stuff. So that's I, yeah, why I wonder I, if it's because you've been burned. <laughs> tread lightly. Um, I went to college for communications, um, I didn't graduate, but I learned, and even growing up, like I've been through a lot of situations where I feel like I know how to deal with people. Even the most asshole of tour manager mm-hmm. or promoter or whatever, I, I try and handle it in in a light manner. Well, that's how it's always been as far, as long as I've known you. But So even like reaching way back in your early days, you don't recall, uh, like when you were figuring it out. Um where you had a run in that you no, like nowadays I, I, you would have done it differently. I'm a, a person and, and you should know this, David, by now, a lot of people know this about me that are very close to me. I don't reach out and ask for help. Right. Um, and that's always been me. I've always been the type of person, like I'll try and figure it out on my own mm-hmm. or whatever. Or if I'm in need, I don't, I don't reach out and ask for help. I try and, cause I don't want to bring that burden on to people. Yeah. So when it comes to, dealing with tour managers or specific people i just i i I try and try and tread lightly i don't ask for too much you know and and sometimes i feel bad when i get pictures with some of these artists Mm -hmm. you know asking for that picture sometimes i feel bad asking that if that's all you ask though i mean you know after all all things considered if that's your mm-hmm. only ask i mean it, you, yeah, you could do worse right yeah abso- absolutely no when they come into these shows man i am a hundred percent like will you play my 16 year old kid's birthday party <laughs> yeah, or, right. you know what I mean? like i'm sure they get that shit too right uh, um no i mean it, it's I, I i don't feel like i i step too far out of bounds yeah you know um you know, a very good friend of mine, Chris Schroeder, which was our production manager a few years ago with PSG. They do a lot of stuff in Chicago, uh, a lot of festivals. They have the the club, the Mid in Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, now but, I'm caught up. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so he is. Um, he was their pr- production manager for a while, and I met Chris through PSG. But Chris is now, for the last two years, been Dead Mouse's production manager, his tour production manager with the whole Cube. Okay. And, um, you know, he's doing spring awakenings and I hit him up the other day and he's a good friend of mine. You know what I mean? Like him and I text all the time. Like we're, we're buds, you know? 
And um, I had texted him and I said, hey, are you doing Spring Awakenings this year? And he said, yeah, I'll be there. Um, I said, cool. I was like, you know, I'm going to come out. Maybe me and a friend, you know, would like to catch up with you. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And I felt bad because, you know, yeah, I want to go to Spring Awakenings. There's a lot of good DJs playing. I want to go to the festival. But I also want to catch up with Chris, which he'll be working the festival. He'll be the overall production manager. But that also entails uh, me asking him, hey, give me a ticket, mm-hmm. which I know it it's not a problem to him, but I feel bad for even asking right. my buddy that. Right. You know what I mean? So that's me reaching out, asking for things. Like I a, get that because I, I always pay – even for local shows, I always pay cover, whether that's a three-dimensional show, whether that's one of Mike Donovan's shows, or I especially so, right. I, I do, right. but you know what I mean? But I, I do that like as a matter of principle, like I want to support the scene, I want people to keep doing these shows, and so I do that. I know that a lot of those shows, uh, I wouldn't have to. Like there's been times where it's like, you're on the list. I'm like, yeah, I know, mm-hmm. you know, but... <laughs> This is Dayton. Like, you know, people need all the support they can get in this right. town. You know right. what I mean? This, this is not easy, and it's, it's a very thankless job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I, if I can afford to be there, I want to pay cover. You know what I mean? Um, I don't remember where I was going with that, but... Um, just asking for things. Asking for things. Yeah. I, it, it blows my mind that... You know, and I'm super appreciative when when people list me and, and things like that. But like, it it blows my mind when people come to the door and they they beg and plead and and try to snake their way through the door, or they they're like, I'm on the list, or I'm always on the list, or they text, you know, day of five minutes before, um, you know, headliner goes on, they're walking up the door, hey, can I get list? Mm-hmm. You know, that whole game. It's uh, it's the worst. It's the worst when I when. When I reach out, especially when that's the only time those people talk to you. Yeah. When I reach out and ask people, Hey, you coming to the show, you coming to the show, man, I can't, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can afford the cover, blah, 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 blah. But you see him on Snapchat rolling a quarter bag of weed and blunts and, and, you know (laughs) what I mean? Or at the bar doing 10 shots party, like, come on, you know, it's, it's kind of pulling on those strings where, hey, I'm going to say this, and maybe he'll say, oh, I'll just put you on the list. Come on out. You know, like, I, 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 that's, I see beyond that. But there are people I know that there are friends of mine that don't have the money and that are struggling. And if they can't come out, you know, if they can't make their way in, I will gladly comp them if they're a very good friend of mine and I'm just a friend wanting another friend to come out and have a good time and forget about the sure. shit that he or, he or she's going through. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, you're uh, not missing that money anyway. Right. They, they can't be there. Right. And you know that if because I, you know if, that if, person. If, if that, they're not pulling you know, one over 15 on to $25 that I have to comp is going towards, you know, a friend of mine or, or even an acquaintance that I know is going through a bad time yeah. and just needs to get out for a night and have a good time and let loose. I mean, it's worth it. You know, but at the same time, don't I just don't that, bullshit me and pull on my strings because yeah. so many people do that. I it's hard for me to differentiate sometimes. Yeah, oh, I, and that happens so much. Like I, it, this has to to just scale up exponentially because I I am absolutely nobody, and for the little piddly shows that I've thrown, I got it. Mm-hmm. I dealt with that same kind of thing, right. and I'm like, man, these you know, disco Donnie type people must like go bonkers i couldn't with I couldn't this imagine. Stuff. yeah 
um i mean i see it on on the psg level mm-hmm. you know um and i mean they're they're a good sized company they throw a lot of festivals and i see you know the guest list and yeah you know it's the list will kill your party though or it'll kill your your profit in a in a sense it does but when you're throwing a festival where you're expecting 20,000 people or even let's just say 5,000 people um yeah you know festival's a different beast yeah yeah it's a, it's a different beast but you still like you need to pat backs you know what i'm saying yeah it's i mean if i can um, if I can trade somebody some tickets for putting my event in their newspaper or for a radio station mentioning it, if I can, you know what I mean? Things like that. Um, I mean, the barter system is always good. Yeah. That's you one know? thing I've always noticed about you. You're always willing to use that, that barter system to find way like hey how can we help each other out right like i don't necessarily mean with with like items like hardware though Mm -hmm. maybe that too i'm sure that's played a role before Mm -hmm. like you know hey i'll let you borrow this nexus mixer this time if you let me borrow your monitors next time kind of you know but i mean as far as like hey i have a need and i see a need that you have how can we work this together? And I think that's kind of, that's like kind of an entrepreneur thing mm-hmm. too. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So I, it may be that you, you just kind of have that mindset anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's extremely useful. I think that th- that's your, that's your superpower, right? Is your, your ability to spot <laughs> that, that like, Hey, I have a need, you have a need, let's work this out, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think you can get so much further that way than, this super competitive like walled off you know like my team versus your team way of operating that some way you know some scenes have and some cities do it this way that's working backwards yeah you know it just works against you what's the etiquette around utilizing people in your network Mm. in a way that's not offensive and not um too self-serving you know what i mean i like it's sometimes it's hard to find the line right yeah it it is um that's where because if you're too reserved then you just come off standoffish too i feel like it needs to be kind of organic um and and that's just me i mean don't get me wrong you have hustlers that are out there that are are very pushy or and and sell, 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 sell. So what does that mean? Just take each situation as it comes and yeah. kind of assess it? Yeah. Um, I mean, things, you know, like the Crystal Grid situation, um, us all meeting, them, me seeing them out, uh, Cody even um, being in Dayton, um, how he knew about us, that whole situation, which we'll talk about in, in later episodes. But, yeah. um, you know, just that whole situation of just happened to see something online. I went and saw him and uh, we had a talk a couple weeks later. You know, we came to the agreement that I was going to manage them, you know, got them their gigs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That whole situation occurred organically for me and them, you know, um, and then, you know, fast forward to a couple months after, you know, getting them their bookings, being with them and making some things happen. Um, a, a guy that I met 
when I was in Florida, um, was in a, um, a competition to open for a festival that was in Orlando a few years ago. And just him and I being friends on Facebook, he would post these videos of um, a guy who owns a record label. And what he does is he just plays music and he goes live on Facebook. He doesn't DJ it, just plays it, has his microphone and people are commenting and he's just sitting there talking back and forth while the music's playing and just, you know, introduces new music for his label and other producers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Austin is, is posting this stuff. Okay. So the video that this guy is posting, I actually know this guy and I met it. I'd like, I didn't meet him face to face, but he was doing a show at mask, uh, man, five, six years ago, um, with the one guy that used to do the dubstep shows in Dayton. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, there was a whole situation that occurred between them and I vouched for this guy. This guy did an event at Mask. Well, this guy owns this label. Okay. And this is the guy that's doing these videos. Okay. So I just hit him up and I said, hey, man, I'm glad to see that everything's going good. The label's going good. And, you know, he's getting all these guys booked at, you know, a bunch of festivals. And he has a network that I'm not in. I'm not in the future base. You know, I'm. That's not my realm. I don't have really a big network, right. but I know him and he knows a lot of people. So I was just thinking, you know, like, okay, I saw this guy post this video, this live video. I've, I've watched a couple of them now. Um, I hit him up and he hits me back and he said, man, things are going great. Thanks for hitting me up. Blah, 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 blah. Well, after that, after that conversation occurred, I didn't think anything else let a day or two roll by and I'm like you know what I should send him Crystal Grid's song mm. and I you know I told him I said hey I have these two guys um, told him about Crystal Grid sent him the song he's like man this is perfect timing we are um, I'm on my way to a funeral I'm driving for the next six hours he said I'll listen to the song and I'm actually in April I'm starting an agency so you know I didn't reach out to him to ask him really for anything at first. I felt the situation out. Yeah. Then, you know, it hit me a couple of days later to be like, man, you should just send him their stuff. So I did see if what he, all I wanted to do is get his opinion. I didn't know he yeah. was starting this agency. <laughs> okay. And he loved it. And he said, yeah, let's talk on Monday. We ended up talking on Tuesday and he's coming in town actually next week. Hmm. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about getting them on that label. I want to rewind to something that you said that you didn't have a, you didn't have a strong network for future bass Correct. music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that that's true though. Cause you, you, you did like, that's kind of what, that's kind of the point, right? Like that, that's how the, the music networking thing works. Like you're, you're about one hop away from anybody. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. So like, even if you don't, if you're not in contact with grammatic, I don't know, there's probably a better name right. to pick for it, but you know what I mean? If you're not in direct contact with somebody, you're in direct contact with somebody who is involved enough to, to matter. And I think the reason that that's significant is because the other thing about building out a big network like this mm-hmm. is the the other side of the coin is um 
that you have to consider is maintaining your reputation. Yeah, absolutely. Because other people within that similar network mm-hmm. will communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's they're more likely to communicate about the bad stuff than the good stuff, which means everyone has to work extra hard. Right. And this is um like I said, man, this this all happened organically. This just happened me seeing a live video of somebody that I knew personally. But the the point I'm making with that is like the, even though you're not either you're not in direct contact with those people or it's not appropriate it's not time yet right. whatever the case is mm-hmm. um the 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 fact of the matter is that you are one or two hops away from the right people mm-hmm. and because of that and because you have the right reputation and you have a trust relationship with the right people mm-hmm. they are more willing and more likely to connect you to those people because they're willing to put like i have no problem it with you contacting people in passionate dj's name because i have explicit trust in you Mm -hmm. because i've seen your work i've seen the integrity of work of your work and how much you care about you know the honesty and and integrity and all that kind of stuff that's hard to do in this industry to maintain that reputation you know what i mean absolutely yes Uh, for people who don't hang out several times a week like we do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah so like it's that's super important so the the fact that you could if you needed to like hey are you in contact with uh somebody who could talk about the future base label whatever whatever it is that you're trying to reach out for mm-hmm. you could probably find that person absolutely if you looked yeah right i mean i've talked to and they would give you that information if if you asked for it because you have that reputation i like to think situations through and ask or propose things at the proper time. Um, I feel like timing is uh, is very, very key. Do you feel like you need to have provided some kind of value to that person first, or you know what I mean? Like, like, is it like, hey, I've I've done them a favor, so I feel okay asking for this, or yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? Yeah. Um, or is it just that, hey, we've been talking for five years and we know each other well enough that, that I can I've never asked this. for anything before. Right. So I'm not, yeah, I don't really, not being a dick about it. <laughs> right. I don't rarely ask for much. I yeah. don't. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't. I feel bad asking for things, you know, and that leads back to every, like what we talked about in the beginning. And it's almost in every aspect of my life. It sucks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just, you know, um, that's definitely one of my flaws, but it's also one of my, my positives mm-hmm. because I know when and when not to ask for things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that I do ask for are normally not that much. And I think it's possible to have the other, like, I think sometimes I don't, I don't ask enough mm-hmm. sometimes, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people have that too. Like the, they're too scared to that's make an ask. That's one thing that I've, I've started to really pick up on and because I even said it to you when mm-hmm. we were talking about sponsors yeah, and all true. that, like closed mouth does not get fed, mm-hmm. you know? So I've been, I think what you said was gross and balls. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I did say that to call you. Call me yes. out. I'll call you out. Yes. I, no, I did tell you to No, I said you need to grow a pair. Yeah, you did. Um, and you're right. I but mean, that's, that, it's, it's, that's metaphorically speaking that if, you know, if you don't ask for things or you're just a closed mouth is not going to get fed. Yeah. You know, bottom line. And, um, you know, I've there's learned, a right way and a wrong way to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I, um, I try and keep it, you know, I just, I, I try and tread lightly when I do ask for things, um, and try not to ask for it too much. I just, I don't know. I think, I mean, that just kind of comes along with being a decent human in general, right? Like you don't want to ever just take advantage of people. And so I, I mean, I think that's just, that's, that's your personality, right? You know, it's. I think a lot of people, they just take whatever they can get, and those people who are involved in the scene are really annoying because there's a lot of things that those people want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of good people in the scene, too. Absolutely, a yeah. A lot of people I, that, I mean, I love seeing those faces that are supporting and, you know, all like... The rainy day people? Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, man. There can be a lot of those rainy day, like the, the people who, the, you probably have plenty of fair weather fans, right? Like mm-hmm. th- speaking for three dimensional, say, who will come out to the big show if, you know, covers reasonable and they can make it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, then you then you have the people who are at every show because they want three dimensional to succeed right you know and like those people i think not for three dimensional i think you guys recognize that but i think that those people exist in every city Mm -hmm. and i think they're underappreciated you know what i mean like those are that's like our passionate dj ambassadors Mm -hmm. like those are their ambassadors yeah they should be man yeah. yeah They should be like recognizing those people and being like, "Hey, th- thank you." Like we see you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, we try and thank everybody. You know, yeah, you in do our, in our posts and our shows and and and, and things. I like know that. this because I do a lot of writing for you guys, and sometimes yeah. you have me do the social media thank you posts yeah. and stuff. Billy, and you guys um, are super concerned about like making sure you cover all the bases. Like, hey, this person who did artwork the night, make like that night, make sure you thank them. Mm-hmm. And this person who ran the lights and the person who did the videography, like you want to make sure that everybody feels appreciated by name. Recognize. Yeah. Cause it's not just Billy and I, man, it's a, it's, yeah, it's everybody. Everybody plays a role in these, in these shows, man, from Modingo doing security yeah, all, all the way to the customer, all the way to the candy kid that's standing on the platform yep. with a smile on their face, just dancing and enjoying life. You know, that, that person, all of that makes the show that first person on the dance floor who starts the process. Yes. You yes, know, and gets everybody feeling okay. Like when out. you're the promoter, you, you're like so thankful for that person. You're like, Oh, that, that first person. Thank God. Yeah. Like they came out at 1030 and not 1245. It's like, it's like the, uh, the odd prom at the end of footloose. <laughs> <laughs> when everybody's staring at each other, <laughs> Kevin Bacon again. Kevin Bacon. He is. What is the theme here? Why it was? You know. Um. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. We'll see you next week. Take care.
my new drywall and insulation is wet. This is the killer part right here. This is my studio. Rug is saturated, obviously. And it doesn't seem to be on that half as bad. Uh, the laundry room is pretty rough. Just listen in here. This is the next morning. I, had, I didn't even look at it yesterday. Well, I did look at it, but it looked fine. So this, this has happened overnight.